0: Oh, like because when I shot it, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. So.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Canada. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 850 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, Saturday, Saturday, to You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, can find links every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're checking out the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got the local NHL shows leading up to the start of the NHL season on January 13th. We've got our On NBA season preview going on. There's a lot of really exciting, fun things happening over at On. so go find a show covering a team that you like in addition to this here podcast, and it's very much appreciated. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. More on Built Bar. A little bit later on. All right. On today's show, we have one last preseason game to talk about a rather boring uh, affair that the Raptors (laughs) lost to the Miami Heat on Friday night. But one very exciting thing did happen, and that thing was Kyle Lowry played in his first game, and we'll get into that. We are also going to talk about defense because today's guest... Specializes in defense, and in particular, I want to dive into how the Raptors' defense is going to be different this year with Aaron Baines at the back line in front of the rim, as opposed to Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. And the guest on today's show, I'm very happy to have, is our pal from Too Much Hoops on YouTube. It is Brad Vermont. Brad, how is it going,
1: buddy? It's going pretty well. How are you, Sean?
0: I'm good, man. I'm happy to be talking to you. It's uh, it's been a little while since you were on. And yeah, it's happy nice to, to be have on have the podcast. Back. Yeah, so uh, let's start off with uh, the preseason game Friday night, the Raptors and the Heat. Uh, I don't have the box score in front of me right now. Don't really care about the box score all that much because it was not a terribly enthralling game. But that said, some things did go down. My question to you, Brad, is what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' 117-105 preseason loss to close out their preseason slate on Friday against the Heat?
1: I don't believe a ton in preseason takeaways. But I will say it was beautiful to see Lowry come in, drop 25, six for 10 from downtown in his first game back. That, that gives me a lot of hope mm-hmm. for the season. Um, things looked a little bit better with him out there. I liked that Pascal in this game and other games has been shooting the three. Well, his shot looks good. Um, he's not rushing it. He's not doing his toe tap. He's uh, that looks pretty good. Could, could use some work getting to the rim. And uh Malachi Flynn didn't play a ton; just played in that fourth quarter. But again, liking what I'm seeing from him in the preseason, and uh, Chris Boucher, it was nice to see him getting uh, mm-hmm. hitting a few threes. Because uh, we'll get into it more, I'm sure. But one of the things that I am a little dubious about is is the idea of him as this sort of three and D center, or putting mm-hmm. him at the power forward alongside another center. Um, so yeah, it was nice to see him, you know, knocking down multiple threes in a game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All uh, good little nuggets from this game, like we talked about. Not really all that interesting. The Heat didn't play anyone of importance. They did, however, play Max Struess, who apparently is just the latest in a long line of dudes who look like Max Struess playing for the Miami Heat. So congrats (laughs) to him. Probably won a job with his 22 points, uh, which felt like a lot more. Uh, KZ Paula also was quite good for... uh, the, the, the Heat as well, so good for him. You know, it's quite annoying. I, I guess the Heat are kind of like, you know, when teams p- like play the Raptors and fans of uh, opposing teams see the Raptors and a bunch of random dudes being good right away. It, I guess this is kind of looking at the Raptors in a mirror when you look at the Heat, right? Yeah, uh, mean, they didn't exhausting. make the
1: finals by accident <laughs> last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they have their stuff together, so good for them. Uh, in terms of the Raptors stuff, yeah, I thought the Kyle outburst was beautiful i actually saw a reply to i believe a will lou tweet that said kyle needs to get his teammates more involved he played like too much like damar in this game which like if that is a takeaway you're pulling from a anything kyle larry's ever done or b a preseason game uh, maybe you care too much about this thing and should maybe take a break uh <laughs> but overall yeah, really great to see Kyle's uh, three-point shooting looking great. He seemed to have all of the space in the world coming around screens from Aaron Baines. He talked about how much of a beast Aaron Baines is after the game. I think that will be a nice little uh, treat to have. Not that Serge Ibaka and Marcus All were bad at screens. They were quite good and quite illegal from those guys all for a long time as well. So Baines fits right in with the lineage of good screening centers for the team. Uh, You mentioned Pascal and the three-point shooting. Uh, Yeah, look, I think this was sort of A talking point from, again, people who think too much about preseason games on Friday night. Like, the Raptors took 59 threes in this game, uh, didn't get to the rim a ton. Kind of a repeat of what's happened against the Heat in past games, where the Heat zone up, or the Heat do a really good job of preventing penetration. Bam out of Bio is a terrifying force at the rim, and so you take a bunch of threes, and I don't necessarily think that's much of a problem in a preseason game. I had no issue with it, and if guys want to work on their shot, the way it seemed like Pascal was using all three preseason games to do then I'm not worried about a 59 point uh, or 59 three point attempt game or anything like that. But is there something there, Brad, to maybe be worried about going out further into the season as regular games start on Wednesday when it comes to the lack of getting to the rim? You you talked about with Pascal himself, Um, you know, again, hard to say if, if it was sort of designed that he was just taking a bunch of threes or if it is sort of a change in his game, considering he used to be amazing around the rim. I don't know. It's so hard to care <laughs> what happened in a preseason game, but does the lack of ability to get to the rim in these preseason games, in particular on Friday night, concern you at all heading into this season? Or is it just kind of the same issue that we knew the team had last year that is kind of unchanged?
1: Uh, it's kind of the same issue as as last year to some degree. Um, I, I, it's also worth acknowledging that like in the Miami game, Bam Adebayo was on the floor with Pascal. And he's probably one of the best suited defenders in the league to play against Pascal. Um, so that, I mean, that that's a factor. Like if he goes up against Bam out of bio, he's not going to get to the rim as much. The heat play a great zone defense. Uh, they know how to pack the paint. And, and to some degree, it's going to be up to him to hit threes and up to, to other people to get themselves open off the ball and, uh, and connect when he, when he passes it out, you know, he, he needs to get a little bit better at getting to the rim, but part of it is also, you know, uh, he when he was great at finishing in the lane in 2018-19, one of the things, uh, I watched a lot of footage from the championship run again over over the off season, and one of the things I really noticed was he was scoring a ton on cuts or a ton off of, you know, the, the defense gets shifted and he gets thrown the ball, not with the defense loaded up to him, it's it's low it was loaded up to you know Kawhi or lowry or or whoever and then he's attacking a weakened defense whereas Mm -hmm. now as the primary initiator the defense is loading up to him and it needs to be somebody else who takes that cutting role who who can finish at the rim um there's there's only so much you can do as as an individual scorer unless you are like you know a kevin durant or Kawhi leonard Mm mid-range robot scorer who can just shoot over the defense every time
0: yeah, totally. I, I made this point uh, I think last week or the week before we were talking about OG Ananobi with Joel Wolfond in that you know, I think that is maybe the place where OG can find his his looks in the offense is in that sort of opportunistic Pascal role from a couple of years ago. We haven't seen a ton of it so far in preseason. Uh, OG's handle certainly kind of dried up in the last couple games after the behind the back and through the leg shit that he was doing in the first <laughs> preseason game against Charlotte. Uh, that said, let OG dribble all he wants and have him iron out the kinks because the best version of this iteration of the Raptors is only going to be achieved if OG has a bit more off the bounce pop and that secondary uh, sort of offensive threat that, Pascal was a couple years ago so um, yeah it's uh, it's you know Pascal's still learning right it's he's only a year into this he had the huge layoff the bubble was uh, just kind of a a write-off entirely like there's still going to be growing pains as he learns how to deal with uh, opposing defenses and the heat in particular are a very difficult challenge for him but for the most part I thought it was nice to see Pascal just bombing away threes in the preseason and looking confident doing it. it It you know the conversation about Pascal is so dumb <laughs> a lot of the time and it just is worth thinking like this is a guy who couldn't shoot a three basically two years ago and is now most comfortable shooting them pretty effectively off the dribble as a six foot nine dude that's really damn impressive and cool and it'd be nice to focus on uh that stuff once in a while as opposed to the bubble which everyone pascal included has kind of written off as being a a bit of a strange anomaly over the course of his career um that's kind of all i got in the preseason man Uh, you know you mentioned malachi flynn i guess that's the other quick note to get to is Flynn did uh, not play until the fourth quarter. He played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter, had five points, five assists, two boards, looked like Malachi Flynn doing it, really steady, no turnovers in that time, uh, even though he was playing with a bunch of bench dudes. And he... I don't know. Where do you think he fits in the rotation right now? It's tough to read Nick Nurse on this because he was playing him a ton, had glowing praise for him after the first two preseason games, and then only plays him in garbage time in the last one.
1: And I don't really know how to read that at all. Do you have any sort of read on the tea leaves there? I mean, this is pure speculation, of course. But I think what might end up happening with Flynn is early. Like, the Raptors just have so many guards, man. I'm looking at the roster. It's like Lowry, Van Vliet, Matt Thomas, uh, Terrence Davis, uh, Norman, Powell, redacted, <laughs> Norman Powell, redacted. Sorry, Norman Powell, and then Malachi Flynn as well. And and it's just a bit of a log jam there. You know, DeAndre is a bit guardish, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I wonder if Flynn will see more time on the bench earlier in the season. And and I wonder if there will be a trade, you know, but before the deadline, that sort of consolidates. You know, maybe Norm and redacted get shipped out or or Matt Thomas if somebody's interested in him mm-hmm. and uh, sort of free up a little bit more space to get uh, Flynn on the floor. Um, but I can see those other guys sort of getting more minutes earlier in the season. Just, I mean, just from an organizational perspective to get them some minutes and usage to like get their trade value going a little more.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, it's a bummer because I want to see Flynn play, and I just put money down on Malachi Flynn to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like forty to one. I had to do it, but I uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see that. Rotation kind of ironed out and I'm sure we'll see over the first few games uh, a lot of different combinations and a lot of different guys getting run as Nick Nurse himself tries to figure out what his rotation is going to be. I keep saying last thing about the preseason game but we should also (laughs) note one last note over the weekend the final cuts were made to the team uh, and O'Shea Brissett among those let go along with Alizé Johnson and Henry Henry Ellenson. Seems like Johnson and Ellenson will end up with the 905. Brissett, not really sure what's going to go on there but he did get 300,000 Guaranteed with the deal that he signed with the Raptors, so that is good for him. Um, mm-hmm. shame to see him go. I, I, I know, I mean, it was nice. You had those flashes a couple times last year where he played in emergency duty when they were super hurt. Um, I don't know, it's it feels maybe a little bit early to give up on a guy, but also Yuta Watanabe looked pretty good, and so I, I don't really know. It, it's a difficult decision maybe had redacted, not been on the team. O'Shea Brissett has a job today, but it's uh, unfortunate the way it's all played out. Any thoughts on the farewell to O'Shea Brissett?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a little... Uh, he had some injury issues last year too, right? Mm-hmm. So that that always hurts too, because you know, that hurts your development time. That hurts how much coaches get to see you. Um, but I mean, overall, I was... Like you, I was impressed with what Yuta uh, Watanabe did, uh, did on the court. And, and I was kind of rooting for them to... To stick with him so I, I kind of got what I was what I was looking for there I, I like his game I like his size um, yeah I think he's I think he's an interesting prospect I don't expect he'll be in the rotation a ton this year or anything but uh, if he can get some some G League run I uh, and and maybe get into the rotation next year I, could be good
0: yeah I mean there is not a ton of dudes in front of him if you slot him in as sort of forward depth for the team There aren't a ton of guys in front of him on the depth chart. It's basically Boucher and maybe Benbry if you're sliding him down, which I think they should. And then, yeah, Watanabe is kind of like the number five, I guess six, if you're counting Paul Watson and putting him ahead of Watanabe. Uh, By the way, congrats to Paul Watson getting a full NBA deal. Shouts to Kelsey O'Brien for breaking that news. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's, you know... We probably get too upset over end of roster dudes getting let go. I feel like the passport probably leads to the Brissett conversation lingering a little bit longer. But overall, I don't think Brissett showed enough offensively to really feel like you're missing out on too, too much in terms of opportunity. Him down the line, but here's hoping he latches on with the team and proves me extremely wrong. Because it's nice when Canadian dudes uh, do good things. Anyway, uh, we are going to continue on and we're going to dive into the real reason for inviting Brad on the podcast. Is talk about defense because Brad knows himself some defense. We're going to dive into how the Raptors' defense will be shaped by Aaron Baines being at center this season as opposed to who they've had before. In just a second, but first, got to tell people about our friends over at Bet Online, a brand new sponsor we have here on the podcast, and we're very excited to have them. Are you ready for some college football? Are you ready for basketball to return? There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust when it comes to betting, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today to for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for 50% of a welcome bonus. So you put in $1,000, bucks, you are going to get 500 extra bucks on top of that. For example, you can also put in smaller amounts if you'd like. I, for example, have already put some money down on BetOnline.ag. I put a little bit of money on Malachi Flynn to win Rookie of the Year as I mentioned. I put money on Damian Lillard to win MVP at 12-1. to 1. I feel like I'm going to win that. He's going to win MVP. It's happening. I also put some money on Norm Powell to be 6th Man of the Year. There's tons of stuff you can bet on, whether it's games, whether it's futures, on all different sorts of sports. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that is BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using diamonds only responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. That's very important. If you're making 2021 plans or look for a unique, meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it by going exclusively to BlueNile.com. That's B L U E N I L E.com. All right, Brad. We'll dive into defense in two seconds. First, though, I want to remind people that we have Locked On Bets in addition to Bet Online joining the joining the podcast network. We have Bet, uh, Locked On Bets, new gambling podcast hosted by your boy Q, the host of Locked On Raiders, as well as Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Every single day, giving you the best insight for where to lay your money down. If you are using BetOnline.ag, so go check it out. All right, Brad. Let's get into the defense here. Of course, the Raptors last year, number two in defense. Many a think piece written about how they played their defense, their scrambling, recovering style, using the length, athleticism of guys like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi to track back and cover the corners, giving up a ton of open threes, basically... Uh, Setting the precedent for the most threes you could possibly allow (laughs) in the history of the NBA. Uh, They were eager to do it. They funneled it to the right guys. And of course, at the back, kind of dictating it all and allowing them to be multiple and change their defense on the fly was Marc Gasol as well as Serge Ibaka. Not the same defender Gasol was, of course, but still pretty stout in his own right when you dropped him back and had him near the rim. Obviously, those guys are gone, and Aaron Baines comes in. In addition to Alex Len and probably Chris Boucher playing quite a bit at the five, and as we've talked about a lot, OG And Ananobly, L- Ob- An- 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 what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Ananobi An- sliding down to center as well. So, my question here is, Brad, do you think it's possible for the Raptors to play the same way they have in the last couple years with Baines as the nominal sort of go-to center? uh, as opposed to Gasol, you know, Gasol's once in a generation type defender. He's so, so good. A former defensive player of the year. Baines is not that while he's pretty solid, can they still maintain the same defensive identity they've had or will they have to change things up?
1: Do you think, I think stylistically it will be, you know, sort of the same system or similar system. Um, I think it'll just be a hit in quality to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I have liked watching Baines is he has pretty good mobility on the perimeter, you know, getting out to trap a, a guard coming off a screen or something like that. Uh, or, you know, just showing and then tracking back to his man. Uh, I think the, the big difference between him and Gasol is Gasol is just kind of better at all those things and, and, uh, a much smarter player, I think. Um, and, and also part of it, too, is the chemistry that Gasol developed over the year plus that he was with the Raptors. You kind of get to know those rotations. And one of the things I'm sort of seeing with Baines is, you know, uh, in one of the games against the Hornets, he's staying tied to Bismack Biombo, and then doesn't notice that a lane has opened up until it's too late and he can't rotate over to to cut it mm-hmm. off. Uh, you know, he, he takes charges, uh, but he just... Uh, just is not quite as quite as quick on the trigger positionally as, as Gasol is. And then the other one that I think is, is more of a, a killer is Gasol just had a, like unbelievable hands uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, deflecting those interior passes. Um, but one of the nice things about Baines is, is he's at least uh, a nice big body like Gasol was where, you know, if somebody comes flying into the lane and he does get into position, he can absorb a lot of that contact and, uh, and and hopefully limit their effectiveness so i I think it'll be it'll be similar to what we've seen from the raptors it just won't be quite up to the to the standard that we're used to probably yeah i
0: I mean do you think it'd be fair to say that with baines out there it'll be kind of similar to what it was when abaka was out there you know they're kind of similar in terms of their, their mobility, their rim protection, you know, I think ability is kind of similar. I think Ibaka had better sort of block numbers and things like that, but but Baines can do the verticality thing just fine. Um, is it fair to say that, or is it even more of a drop-off from Ibaka to Baines than, uh, than maybe I'm giving it credit for?
1: Uh, I, I think Serge is a little bit different to me. He's a little bit more, I, I would say he's not quite as like nimble-footed as, mm-hmm. as uh, Baines and Gasol were. He's a bit more lumbering, but then also more explosive for those shot blocks. Like better length than Baines by a by a pretty considerable amount. Um, and and Surge was just always kind of in fight mode, <laughs> uh, which you know I, I I think Baines is a very tough player as well. Um, but you know I just kind of want to see it from I've watched <laughs> you know as much tape on him as i have on Surge.
0: He's got to see him play Marquise Chris one time, and yeah, if he exactly. punches him, then he's on par. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we, I mentioned Chris Boucher as well in there, and I, I'm on record thinking I, I don't think he should play that much center. Frankly, I think they should cobble it together behind Baines with a little bit of Len, a little bit of OG, um, and get creative with it. But he will play some center, I'm sure. There, it's going to happen. Does he fit at all with the scheme whatsoever? Because he's a bit of a wild card. He's at a position. He gets insane block totals, and that's great. But a lot of the time, he's scrambling to get those blocks because he's kind of, you know, made a misread somewhere else. He bites a pump fakes quite a bit. He's not as disciplined as I think the rest of the Raptors' defenders. Um, and so, I have two questions for you. One, can he hang as the center in these in these sorts of lineups? And B, can he? maybe sort of occupy the Pascal role more effectively where he is sort of ranging out to the corners to, to to contest those threes and things like that. So um, yeah, kind of where do you see him at his best and does he work as a center with this team?
1: I like Boucher when I watch him when he does not, bite on pump fakes but he always bites on pump fakes that's the problem <laughs> you know what i mean like if if it, like you mentioned like the big thing to me is that discipline and if he just played with a little bit more discipline it, I, I think he would be like a key cog in the raptors rotation 25 minutes a night no problem mm-hmm. um but i just think he he got to where he is by sort of being that aggressive defender who like flies at guys um And, and I, I just really want to see that, that discipline come up, but I don't, I don't really know if you can trust it. Um, So, so I sort of agree that it, he's, he's not going to be great necessarily this year. Um, But if he can get that discipline uh, to not be jumping up pump fakes and stuff like that, uh, that could be valuable. And, and the other thing with him is just like, yeah, Raptors fans sort of talk about him as a three point shooter. His best season, the last two seasons, he shot 32% in both of them, Mm -hmm. which is like, I'm sort of just, that's okay in the season and people might run out at him if he makes three in a game. But I'm thinking of like what happens in the playoffs when we're up against the Celtics again. Yeah. And he's just going to be the guy that if he tries to go to the three point line, the Celtics don't defend him and say, okay, you know, go ahead and take nine threes a game or try to take somebody off the dribble. Good luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think that can be hampering. Um, and because of that, I think OG at the five is going to be, is going to be a, a pretty key lineup for the Raptors this season. Um, but, it, you know, again, one of the problems with that is you put OG at the five, you have Siakam at the four, and then the size is just a little bit lacking at the three. I think we might see some DeAndre Bembry there. I think that yeah. is kind of a nice fit. Um, and, and probably some norm too, to be honest for the shooting as -hmm. well. Um, but you know, OG at the five is, is good, but it's tough against the, uh, the teams like Embiid or something where Mm -hmm. like, you're just going to get pounded. And then if Embiid, if you do get taken out of the lane, there's guys like Ben Simmons who can also throw it down too. So, um, so I think it'll be interesting. I think with the Raptors, like rotation heavy scheme, you can sort of cover a little bit of that size deficiency because guys are flying around all over the place anyways. And you're sort of trying to bait guys into open threes that they probably shouldn't take as many of, Mm -hmm. um, with, with certain personnel, but, uh, yeah, I, I I think Chris Boucher will be, will be okay and probably more of what we've seen. And, and if he shoots a little better, that would be great. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it really would be. Uh, it, the thing with Boucher is it always looks really nice out of the hand, and then it goes like horribly wide, or is an air ball, or whatever. It's just he, some perplexing player, man. I, I tweeted about it on Friday. Like I, he, I don't know, I have no idea if he's actually good at basketball, but he makes me feel things when he does them, and so I guess that's good to have around. He's a perfect regular season player for that reason. He, he livens up a boring January Wednesday, so. Um, I look forward to seeing how it'll all work. I, we're going to get more into the defense and sort of the overall sort of upside of this year's edition of the team on the defensive end of the floor and whether or not they can improve upon last year where they were ridiculous and maybe the bell of the ball in terms of defenses people were intrigued by. I know the Bucks were better, but the Raptors were far sexier and more fun. And so we're going to dive into that and sort of uh, think about where the Raptors might slot in on defense this year in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about our friends at Built Bar. As I said off the top, best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. They have 18 wonderful flavors for you, including my favorite, It's orange and toffee almond get those they're so good bars are covered in 100% chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and they're great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for keto diets as well I like to have a built bar when I'm working out haven't worked out in a while because I'm a lazy person and uh, seasonal affective disorder is a thing but I have uh, worked out in the past and I have worked out quite well after a built bar so I highly recommend you check them out uh, right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's the promo code Locked On, all one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Brad. Let's uh, wrap things up here. Uh, first, a reminder that our Locked On NBA season preview is still ongoing. You can check out the final installment over on the Locked On NBA podcast today. So go and listen to that. All right, Brad, let's wrap things up. I want to look at where the Raptors' defense might finish this season. They were number two last year. By quite a bit, they were also uh, substantially behind the Bucks, who were uh, just absurd and were uh, an impossible team to score against in the regular season. The Miami Heat figured them out eventually. Style. <laughs> yeah, played exactly one style that works very, very well. The Mike Budenholzer special, gotta love it. Um, the Raptors, of course, uh, don't play one style. They play all over the place. They play zones. They play fancy zones. They play box ones. They play uh, drop coverage, hedge coverage, all over. They're 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 nuts. They're they're absolute freaks, and it's beautiful to watch. <laughs> and Nick Nurse is an absolute defensive wizard who i'm sure you really enjoy uh, digesting the work of you have oh, yeah. an entire youtube page devoted to it so uh, i don't think that's breaking any news there but um my question for you brad is where do you think they finish this year you know is top 2 once again a possibility even with the loss of gasol who if people recall when he was on the floor that starting lineup gave up i believe under 100 points per 100 possessions they were absurd they were you know putting up the best defense in the league Type numbers when they were on the floor together. Um, Like you said, probably a bit of a drop off in quality, even if it will look the same with Aaron Baines. When you factor in the rest of the pieces, the the good guard defense they have, Malachi Flynn grabbing seven thousand steals uh, per minute it seems. Um, OG hopefully taking a step there. Pascal showing what he did in the bubble. Ideally, Um, can this team be as good as it was last year defensively? And you know, frankly, it kind of might have to if it wants to be as good as it was last year.
1: Yeah, I think that is the the big path to the raptors getting back to contender status which i think they were last year not favorites by any mean but they they could have made the finals mm-hmm. um i think they have to be a defense first team um they're not bad offensively but they're also i think not going to destroy the world um but uh defensively i think i think for the regular season especially they're going to be almost as good as last year, if not as good. Uh, I think that the style they play generates a lot of chaos. I think, you know, as much as we love Gasol and Ibaka, last year I think Gasol missed almost 30 games and Ibaka missed almost 20. Um, So it's not like they were super reliable in terms of being on the court. Um, So that's, that's something to keep in mind as well when you're evaluating the step down and and then the other part of it is just like how integral were Gasol and Ibaka to that team's defense because mm-hmm. it's not like they were the best defenders on the floor really ever last season um because you've got Siakam, you've got OG, you've got Fred Van Vliet, you've got Lowry, all of whom played defense at a very high level, probably two of whom should make make the all-defense team this year. Um and so I I think uh yeah, I don't think there's going to be a steep drop off. I think where you start to where it starts to hurt the Raptors a little bit is in the playoffs. I think you are going to miss the that sort of next level mm-hmm. uh, anticipation and quarterbacking from Gasol. Um, I think the Raptors will become a little bit more exploitable if teams start you know attacking Baines in a way they couldn't necessarily with Gasol. Um, but at the same time, the Raptors defense is sort of built on team defense principles, even with like with the way they play so aggressively on the perimeter, they're sort of, they're not trying to get beat, but they're perfectly fine with their bigs getting beat on the perimeter and, you know, OG Ananobi protecting the rim under the basket. Um, So, so yeah, I I don't see it being terribly far off. I think they will probably still be a top five defense this year. Mm -hmm. Um, It won't surprise me if the bucks fall back to earth because I think, I think Budenholzer would be insane to play one style again this season. But uh, I, God, I, I hope he does. So bad. It, it seemed <laughs> it seemed like at the end of last season, there was an acknowledgment by him and the Bucks that that was a poor choice <laughs> uh, and exploitable. Um, so I think they'll vary it up a little bit. So so the Bucks might come back to the field even if they're a better team. And I think part of the way they got better was, was offensively and not necessarily defensively. Um, but, uh, so, so maybe the Raptors catch up to them a little bit, but then, you know, you've also got other really good defenses. I, I think the Celtics are going to be really good, uh, defensively. And then the Lakers will be really good again. Um, yeah, there's a few other teams that, that have a chance to be, take a, take a step up defensively.
0: Yeah, like the Heat stand out to me is, you know, I know they have a lot of sort of one-way type guys in Hero and Robinson and stuff, but they were like, I think, 14th in defense last year. I feel like that'll uptick a little bit as well. The East is going to be insane. It's going to be like five insanely good defensive teams and the Nets in the top six, and that'll be a blast to watch all of those teams try to slow down the Nets and probably fail anyway because Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to be quite good again. I would say the Raptors are probably going to be a top five defense once again, like you. Um, Maybe there's a bit of a slippage there, but also there's a lot to be said for how hard they try all the time (laughs) and it's like you know it it, it, how does that translate over to the playoffs probably not super great because everyone tries hard in the playoffs but in the regular season there is certainly a lot of value to just giving a shit more than the other team uh, on a given day and the Raptors that's basically their whole mo so I would expect that that will lead to their defense performing quite well in the regular season I think the creativity that Nurse will probably roll out to counteract the loss of Gasol, I'm quite excited to see what he comes up with. Um, and I think OG at the five, especially if they get the pieces around that correct, and I, I like the idea of Benbry there. I've thrown out the the Kyle and either Norm or Fred in the backcourt plus Benbry, OG, Pascal lineup is one of the ones I most want to see this year. Yeah, And I think that could be really swarming really switchable and maybe that's something they adopt a little bit more this year too I know they did it a bit in the playoffs last year but you know just becoming more of a regular switch team if they go small or even if they have Boucher at the five I could see that being a thing they kind of work in a little bit more often as well so
1: yeah they could potentially prioritize if they find that Baines is struggling on the backside of the defense a little bit Mm -hmm. they could prioritize containment a little bit more than they do right Mm -hmm. now it's the perimeter defense is, is very aggressive and then and then they get beat and and rotate, uh, but if if the getting beat is leading to too many easy baskets inside, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they sort of adjust things and, and play it a little bit more traditional. But also it's nurse, so you know all bets are up.
0: <laughs> yeah, box in three or something like that. I don't know. I'm looking forward to whatever the hell he rolls out this year. Um, I think that's brought us to the end of our uh, our defense talk, Brad. Thank you so much, man. We have a couple things to get to. Before we close out the show, though, first off, uh, all week long we're going to be highlighting a very cool initiative that Coors Light is undertaking to help make things feel a little bit more at home down in Tampa Bay for the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have gone south, but Canada's support goes beyond borders, and Coors Light is on a mission to remind the Raptors players that wherever their home team is, We are here, too. That's why Coors Light is helping Raptors fans show the team love by sharing messages from Toronto through a digital billboard outside the stadium uh, in Tampa Bay, outside of Amelie Arena, ahead of the team's home opener on December the 23rd. And there's some really cool little messages. Big celebrities getting their messages heard, things like that. DJ Four Corners getting called out uh, as well. Over the next four days, we're going to be highlighting the message of the day That has been sent in by people who have been selected to be on this board for the players as they head into Amelie Arena. And today the winner is Erica Hill at Erica Hill, who says the north isn't a location. It's a lifestyle that's going to be outside the arena down in Tampa Bay. Very, very cool stuff. Keep it uh, locked into the podcast all week long. And we will tell you more about these messages of the day from our friends at Coors Light. Big thanks to them for being part of the show this week. Uh, All right, Brad. I'm going to turn it over to you now as we've been closing out every episode of the podcast this month to help support local businesses by shouting out a local business that could use
1: your help, support, money, patronage, all that stuff. And Brad, you have one today. What do you got? I do. This one is called 401 Games. They have two locations, one in downtown Toronto, one in Vaughn, and they are a essentially a board game store. They have like every board game you could ever hope for uh awesome. in, in non-covid times you can like go into the store and kind of tell them what they, you like and they'll help you find a game they sell basketball cards they sell you know magic cards and stuff like that um and uh yeah i've, I've been going there for years and and i love what they do and uh you should, you should all check them out at uh, 401games.ca
0: Awesome. Uh, we'll put the link to 401 Games in the show notes, so please go check them out if that's your thing. Board games are an awesome Christmas gift, by the way. I highly recommend that. Um, what's your favorite board game, Brad?
1: Ooh, well, this is maybe not the best time, but uh, uh, my wife and I love uh, a game called Pandemic. Same here! <laughs> <laughs> and, and there are some some legacy games specifically where you play it and then it sort of like impacts the next game that you play. And right. you play it like over the course of 12 games or something. You sort of go through a story campaign like you're playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's been really great.
0: Pandemic is a really fun game because you can manage a pandemic way better than like Doug Ford can. And it makes you feel quite good about yourself. <laughs> and also, also <laughs> it makes you a- sad that he's so bad at it. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's also good for uh, Harmony in the Household because it's a cooperative game. So you're on the yes. same team.
0: Yes. No one, uh, no one loses that game, unless everyone loses, which happens. Uh, we were playing Pandemic once before the shutdown, like the week before everything got terrible, and uh, we lost, and it was a bad omen. So sorry, everybody, for us being the reason why the actual pandemic got terrible, probably. Um, no, that's not true. It's the government's. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it for today's show. Brad, thanks so much for taking the time, man. It's, uh, it's lovely to catch up with you and chat. Anything that you have to plug?
1: Uh, Check out my channel uh, Too Much Hoops on YouTube. I do breakdowns of Raptors defense and other defense. I also put together like the ultimate highlight package of each of the Raptors' top players from the two thousand nineteen championship run. So you can see, uh, you know, what Mark Gasol did so great and what Serge Ibaka did so great, and Kyle Lowry is the most recent one I did. Um, They're like big highlight packages that include. A lot of the defensive stuff that i that i get into
0: fantastic man everyone should absolutely go check out too much hoops you're on patreon.com as well correct
1: that is correct yeah i'm gonna be awesome. revamping that a little bit as the season goes along
0: fantastic go support brad brad's awesome he's much smarter than you or i and it's uh, wonderful that you could be on the show man thank you so much for being here uh that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in out there. Tomorrow on the podcast, we are likely going to be responding to some sort of news surrounding OG Ananobi, whether it's he got, got a contract extension or he did not get one. Either way, we will know tomorrow. and We will talk about what that means going forward. And then uh, we're looking ahead to the season. There's a game on Wednesday for some reason, uh, <laughs> and we are going to talk about that, uh, and that will be quite exciting. So keep around all week as uh, real games kick off, and it's quite Quite fun anyway thank you so much for tuning in thanks to everyone uh who supports the show and is, uh, is a pal and have a wonderful day we'll talk to you again on tuesday with another episode of locked on raptors